there's something about him I feel like it's me I'm looking right at him He's literally me Welcome to another episode of Literally Him, a deep dive into Ryan Gosling's filmography. I'm your co-host, Joseph. And I'm your co-host, Emilio. Hey, we've done a lot of episodes so far, Emilio. How do you feel about the podcast in general? I think we talked about it last time that I don't really listen to our podcast back because I have an issue with my voice. But um, this is like kind of cool because it's so consistent uh but then after we watch a movie that i thought i liked at first and now i realize it's not that good (laughs) so i'm finding out which movies i really do like and which ones i don't like and my issues that i have with them so it is very eye-opening yeah, I think we've been on a run of really good uh, Ryan Gosling movies, and I'm scared that the back half of this podcast is just going to be shitty movies, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, I did want to point out that very soon, next week, I have to go back to work. So me and Emilio are going to try our best to continue pumping out episodes, but uh, if there's maybe a week or so where we don't make one, just uh, just stick with us. We'll be back. We'll 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 keep putting out this stupid shit eventually. Um, but yeah, let's uh let's get into our topic at hand, the gray man. To start off this episode, I wanted to ask you, Emilio, what are some of your favorite action movies? You know, I'd say like like some of the classics, um, Predator, uh, Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, um some more modern ones like out of the, I do like the fast and furious movies, but Mm. I really got into it in fast five when they, Uh that's like when it really got into like action movie territory. I like, I like most of the mission impossible movies. I kind of don't, I guess like I have like a fondness for those, you know, macho, kind of straightforward action movies, but I like my films with like a little more girth. So what? (laughs) Some, uh, I really like girthy movies. Um, so, you know, it's like someone a little more meat on it. You get me big, thick, (laughs) scary movies. Yeah. Um, so like drive was a perfect example of there's action here and there. And there's uh, like suspense, but it's not necessarily an action movie. Also, something like Aliens, like that's a sci-fi movie, but it's not. There's action in it, but it's not necessarily an action movie. I agree with you that Drive isn't necessarily an action movie, but what would you categorize it as? Mm, Like a art, like in like an action, like a. damn <laughs> like, a, like a thriller i guess maybe they like a art house action thriller with uh the main character maybe being autistic maybe <laughs> we don't know 
It's possible. Uh, yeah, I like. I think wh- when I think of action movies, I think about uh, my dad and I think about my oldest brother. They've always were into action movies of any genre of of movie. I think about uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I love uh, Terminator. Terminator Two. Oh yeah, yeah. Terminator is a good one. I like movies with robots. So RoboCop is also another favorite of mine. I like when he shoots that guy in the dick. That's probably my favorite scene <laughs> in all of cinema. Um, and then I think about like buddy cop movies and funny movies, like um, like Beverly Hills Cop. Oh um, yeah. I think about the uh, Naked Gun franchise, even though that's not necessarily an action movie, but it kind of falls in line with like, you know, people shooting guns and shit, but it's really silly. Um, And I love action movies that are funny. And hey, on the surface with this movie, The Gray Man, it's an action movie that is supposed to be a little funny, that has good set pieces, and it stars Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans is in it and Anna Darmus is in it, and you think, holy shit, this is going to be something. But it turns out it's kind of (laughs) shitty. What do you feel about this movie in general, Emilio? I think think The Gray Man is a great title because it is pretty gray. (laughs) Um, I was excited for this movie because this was, I think, when Ryan Gosling came back from like an acting hiatus for a bit. Mm-hmm. And this was like one of those films where it was like, oh, I mean, like I remember, um, you know, news outlets and media outlets talking about it and they're like, oh, like this is the the big, this is Netflix's big action, big budget movie and it's going to change the streaming service like as far as filmmaking and, you know, the Russo brothers were directing it who directed I mean, they're they they're responsible for community. Um, they directed, you know, the most of the Marvel big Marvel movies, A Civil War, Infinity yeah. War, Endgame. So it sounded like very exciting, and it came out, and I watched it. I think I was buzzed when I watched this. <laughs> I think I was out of town, uh, so I watched this at like our Airbnb we were staying at. Um, like at what, twelve in the morning, and I was like, "Hey, this movie's kind of cool." And then I watched it again. And I was like, "Oh, I mean, this movie's all right." And I had to rewatch it for this episode, and I'm like, "Oh, whoa, it's real. Uh, this is a real stinker." <laughs> yeah, like, uh, and also this movie's based off a book, and apparently the book has no comedy in it, and if it does, it's super. It's not as prevalent as the movie is. And also, uh, this movie took, the Russo brothers are quoted saying that it took them nine years to make this movie because they were set to direct it for a long time, but then they would get so many like Marvel uh, jobs that they Mm -hmm. just pushed it off to the side. And then on top of that, the pandemic hit and it pushed it back another couple of months or whatever year of until they got into production. But I do remember too, when Netflix was, uh, was pushing this movie, it was supposed to be like next Netflix's comeback because during the pandemic, other streaming apps really gained a lot of momentum, like HBO max and, um, what else do people watch a <laughs> Disney plus and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude kind of fucking fell flat on its face with this movie. You know, I think like, 
I think if you watch it like kind of going in blind for your very first time, I can see what's enjoyable about it. Because obviously I liked it for a reason. Like I think I remember. You liked um, it for Ryan Gosling. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember you texting me. Oh, like, have you seen it yet? And then I finally saw it and I was like, oh, dude, this is pretty good. So maybe like first time watch, it's good. I guess it just doesn't hold up good rewatch ability. Maybe like I'll give it like a, a rest for five years and then come back to it. Maybe my opinion will be different. But Sounds I also like think it's pretty crazy. Uh huh. Sounds like an ex girlfriend. Maybe I'll give it a rest <laughs> for five years and come back to it. Yeah, it's never a good, uh, never a good <laughs> idea. Um, and just end up hating it. <laughs> just hate a por- <laughs> hating, just hating Ryan Gosling. You Why fucked me. Such a bitch. <laughs> He's not. He's actually not that funny. Now that I think about it, <laughs> um, but that is pretty crazy. How they've been trying to make this movie for nine years, and then this is their culmination of like nine years of trying. <laughs> yeah, like um, I was thinking about interview, or I was watching interviews with uh, Robert Downey Jr. about Oppenheimer, and he was talking about how he was afraid of going back to a role that wasn't DC or Marvel focused. Because he's been playing uh, Tony Stark for like, what, 10 years almost, maybe longer. Mm -hmm. And the Russo brothers who worked and directed a lot of Marvel movies, you can really see that they're kind of putting out the same kind of thing with this movie. Like a lot of the humor is very um, Marvel-esque. Yeah. Where it's like humor where something happens and people look at each other and they're like, well, oh, that just happened. And that, I hate that shit so much. Like I'm so over that. I love Marvel and I like a lot of their movies, but fuck, they have some tropes in there that annoy the shit out of me. <laughs> Did you see yeah. that the Rooster brothers like carried over stuff that they like implemented for Mar- Marvel movies into this movie? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely the humor, some of the writing, um some of the cgi is pretty yeah. bad yeah um you know the the bigger action sequences like the train scene um i do like though how they kind of you can see where they're really like invested in certain scenes like towards the ending when he when a Ryan Gosling's character is fighting Chris Evans' character kind of head on. And it feels like a little more like intimate, not as like grandeur. But yeah, yeah, I definitely get like that humor. Like, uh, what is it when he, when Ryan Gosling pulls the grenade from, uh, the grenade pin from Chris Evans' hand and he looks down and he goes, ballsy. And he jumps out the I window. Like it or something. Yeah. yeah, it's so dumb. He says something like, I like it or some yeah. shit like that. Uh, what do you think of uh, Chris Evans' uh, mustache in the movie? Oh, I think it's great. I think it's so. <laughs> it, honestly, like if I honestly I like Ryan Gosling in this movie. Um, he is a little like he's a little bland. Yeah, but um, Chris Evans like steals the show. Every scene he's in, I maybe we should change it to literally him, Chris Evans. Mm, no, I'm okay. 
Um, but no, yeah, he steals he steals a lot of the scenes and like in in every scene he's in, he's funny. But I think it's because it's different. Like you're yeah, used I to think... seeing him as like Captain America or something, and then he's like this asshole, doesn't give a shit, uh, mercenary guy who looks like he might be racist with his mustache. <laughs> It looks like he doesn't like minorities, possibly. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that you're right. It is fun to see him play a bad guy, but he's just so like cliche in it. He's such a cart. It. I feel like if they wrote this to be an animated movie or something, it would work maybe better because all the people in it are written pretty cartoonishly, mm-hmm. and the stuff they say is really cartoonish. Um, the action's pretty good. I do like the action, but it's just hard to watch this and take it seriously. Um, let's go ahead and just jump into into the movie. Uh, do you have a synopsis ready for us? I do. So for the gray man, when the CIA's top asset, blank, his identity known to no one, uncovers agency secrets, he triggers a global hunt by assassins set loose by his ex-colleague that's it yeah this (laughs) this movie really reminded me also of john wick especially part two when all the assassins are trying to kill john wick Mm -hmm. um but they execute it in a in a lesser degree in a shittier way (laughs) uh so we find out that uh ryan gosling he is a, a recruited into this cia program by billy bob thornton uh, Billy Bob Thornton's name in it is in it is Fitzroy. Um, we see mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling's in prison. We're not sure why he's in prison, and he gets recruited to be in the Sierra program, where he has to become like a top level assassin, and he'll gain his freedom. He'll be outside of prison, but he has to work for this like operative CIA uh, operatives for the rest of his life, pretty much. And his yeah. code name is Six, and we refer to him as Six the rest of the movie. Uh, what do you think of Ryan Gosling's look in this movie? Um, you know, the one thing I do like about action movies like this is the at least the main characters usually dress up very nice. They're very stylish as like as to where they're going, like all over the world. I think since this being Ryan Gosling coming from like an acting hiatus, like it is like kind of nice to see him in like a film like this where, cause I mean, obviously like throughout his, throughout a lot of movies, like he always has something like iconic, like a jacket or um, sweater, you know, boots or something like that. Uh, but I do like the style in movies like this, like it looks like clean, but they can move around and they can jump across fucking buildings in three piece suits and shit. Yeah. Um, I did want to mention like, as far as the Sierra program goes that I believe they came to six because he was in prison for a crime, obviously, but it was like, a crime where he was trying to protect somebody. Yeah. And I also want to mention the 
you know, the cartoony dialogue, like when Billy Bob's sitting down with him and he's like, Oh, what are you? My fairy godmother. And I was like, Oh boy. And he offers <laughs> Here him a we piece go. of gum too. He yeah. gives him like a piece of Hubba Bubba Max or something. Yeah, and Hubba he Bubba makes Max. a joke of like, I'm not going to chew gum unless it's Hubba Bubba. And yeah. it's very stupid. <laughs> it's very dumb. <laughs> I think Ryan Gosling, as we've proven or proven, as we've talked about before, is that he's really funny. And I think his humor just doesn't work in this movie. The And I don't think that's his fault because I love him and he can do no wrong in my eyes. So I don't think it's his fault that his humor doesn't work in the movie. <laughs> you people aren't the problem. <laughs> Ryan's not the problem. You people are the problem. <laughs> you can't appreciate what you have right in front of you. Um, <laughs> so we cut to like eight years later. Uh, six, Ryan Gosling is in Bangkok and he's on a mission and he meets up there with, okay, there are so many people in this movie and I'm having trouble keeping up with their names, but we had, we're introduced to Anna Darmus and mm-hmm. her character's name is Danny. Mm-hmm. We see now that Six is taking orders from a guy named Carmichael who took over Billy Bob Thornton Fitzroy, who is now retired. And Carmichael turns out to be like a slimy, uh, crooked CIA agent. And he also has a, uh, a person that's working under him named Susan. Um, so... Uh, Six is there to kill some target and he gets into this big fight with the target. He hunts him down and it turns out that this target is a former member of the Sierra program and is trying to bring down this guy named Carmichael and he has information that shows that Carmichael is crooked and he gives the information to Six. Uh, Mm -hmm. What did you think of this first like set piece action piece? I I was ex- I was getting like excited as like you know like the tension builds up um like the You're altercation the <laughs> Yeah. Um <laughs> when Six is arguing back and forth with Carmichael he's saying like he doesn't want to take out the asset because there's a child in the room. So he decides to I believe he pulls a fire alarm. Yeah. And um Everyone evacuates, and that's how he's trying to get uh, this former Sierra agent. And then we get to them falling into this huge, um, the this huge area where they set up a fireworks show, and they're fighting in this small area where I'm assuming a couple hundred pounds of fireworks are going off. Yeah, and. I liked the concept. I was like, okay, like that's kind of cool, but the CGI just kind of immediately takes you out of it. It like, like if you, like if you're thinking about it, like, oh, okay, like this character is fighting another character while at the same time, these huge fireworks are going off around them and you have this picture in your head and then you see it and it looks fuzzy and you can tell like it's fake. Um, I do kind of think it's cool how calm and collected they both are in it like they're just focused on each other like fighting each other and you know each of them trying to complete their mission as like these agents are trained to be in situations like this but yeah just that firework bad cgi show going on around them really immediately kind of took it out for me and i was kind of just like oh like this is how a lot of set pieces are going to look now. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think this movie is also a good, what's the word? I think it's just a good example or a bad example of what a lot of movies are tending to do now is using a lot of CGI and also trying to be like mass marketable to the whole world. Mm-hmm. So they have these kind of generic plots that anybody around the world can like, which is like there's space for that and there are movies that can execute that. But this movie definitely like fell on its face trying to do that. And also another thing that took me out is that they constantly have drone shots throughout the movie too. Like you can tell that there's a camera hooked onto a drone and it's like moving across the room or some set piece. Yeah. And it, they just overuse it. I think in like 2018, that would have been cool to do because it was new. But now it just reminds me of like, people on tiktok like trying to shoot like nature shots it just doesn't work i don't like it so that also sucked i think there's like a way to make a drone shot look nice but you can kind of tell like um like i i'm no filmmaker per se uh but i know what like looks nice sure as far as like a shot goes so maybe if it was more like clean Oh, cause like there's some shots where it's like janky. Like you could, you can see it's a drone shot. Yeah. And it kind of like, yeah, like that definitely does take it out for me too. Like if they would have had people who are, I don't know, maybe like a little bit more professional on drones and like if the shots look smoother, then maybe it would work. But yeah, there's a lot of drone shots in this movie. Like, I think what would make it better is if they had shots that ground you in the reality. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they had shots that, like, put you in the action. They they also do that. They have close-up shots of, like, the fighting or whatever. But when you cut to these drone shots, you're, like, above everything. You're, like, flying high, and it takes you out. Of, like, who the fuck's perspective is this? It's obviously a drone <laughs> that you guys just put in, like, this will be cool. You get to, like, see the whole set. <laughs> like, it just doesn't work. Have you so, ever yeah, seen a... Have you ever seen Ambulance? Uh, no, I haven't. It's with, a, oh, with Jake a, Gyllenhaal. I have it, no, but have um, you watched it? Yeah, you know, that's actually a good action movie. There are a lot of drone shots in it, but it like Michael Bay, who's a director, specifically wanted drone shots in it to get really into the chase scenes. Mm-hmm. So he, like it like that's where it works. Like that's where it's a lot more um intimate with these action scenes because he's literally just flying drones into cars at just to get a shot. And it really puts you in that perspective of, you know, these characters driving around LA and, um, you know, police officers trying to stop them, but it's all through these chase scenes and it works really well. At, but whereas with this movie, it's just to get, larger shots like and larger moving shots and like yeah i believe that's where like it doesn't really work well and but as you said earlier this movie was planned or netflix did want it to be a film that worldwide audiences can get into so i also get why it's kind of so generic they even have an Indian actor in it named Danush, who is a very prominent Indian actor. And he's in a lot of um, films in India. Uh, but they literally just added him so he can add like a market, 
value in India and like in Asia. So there's definitely like a lot of like pandering for wider audiences. I heard this movie did better um, in the worldwide market, like in Asia and stuff like that than Mm -hmm. here. That's what I heard. I didn't bother looking it up. I'm just spreading misinformation right now. So I'm just lying. Yeah, I'm just straight up lying. I heard that the girth was bigger in China. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. <laughs> so we uh, we we uh, progress a little bit in the movie, and uh, so now Six has this information that can bring down Carmichael. Six gets in touch with Fitzroy, who is now uh, he's now retired, and uh, we we soon find out that um, Carmichael, his new boss, Six's new boss, that's Crooked, uh, discovers that Six went rogue, that he's on the run. He has this information that can bring him down, and he has to hire someone to to capture Six. So he hires Chris Evans' character. Do you remember what his name was? Uh, Chris Evans. It's uh, Lloyd Hansen. Okay, yes. He has the most fucking generic name, Lloyd Hansen. <laughs> Why Lloyd? Like, give him a cool fucking name or something, Lloyd Hansen. Uh, yeah, what did you Lloyd. think of the scene? What did you think of the scene where he's introduced? It's um, it's kind of funny. Yeah, how he just like grabs the phone from a uh, Carmichael, and he just starts like spewing all this. Stuff that maybe could be borderline, like maybe he'll throw in a racial slur at the end of the sentence. I don't know. <laughs> it looks like he will be racist. Yeah. <laughs> but um Yeah, like it it it's just like that that generic like bad guy vibe. Like I'm I'm yeah. the bad guy, so I have to be douchey. Like I have to give out like these little one liners. I say shit that's kind of outlandish, but I also don't care. Because I'll kill anybody who even has anything to say about how I talk. Like, that's kind of like the attitude he has when he's immediately introduced. I mean, it is a nice contrast to Ryan Gosling's character. I mean, like, again, like, I don't, I don't not like Chris Evans' character, Lloyd. But for what it is in the film, I like it. Would I like it in something else? Maybe. Maybe not. He's like trying to go full Joker, but he's also like holding back. It's just, I I don't know how well it works. It doesn't work for me because he's trying to be, his persona is trying to be like a cool guy who's Mm -hmm. also a sadistic killer. And he's also like too good to do anything at the same time. And he's super preppy. Uh, like his character went to Stanford, I think. Yeah. And um, it just doesn't work for me. I don't know why it doesn't. It just comes off a little too douchey, but not in a realistic way for me. Like we first introduced, when we first meet him, he's torturing someone and he's so like blase and kind of just like, I don't really care. Like I'm, I'm super cool. This is just another day in the office and I don't like it for some reason. Yeah, I actually, now that you mentioned that he's from, where did you say he's from again? Which, where do you go to went college? To, uh, Stanford. That's wild. I would have never thought that. <laughs> Just seeing his they have, character. They have I a really... throwaway line of like, oh, well, that's actually how Car- Carmichael knows him. Uh, later on in the movie, uh, Suzanne or Susan reveals that like, oh, we all went to school together. That's how we know each other. 
Oh yeah, that's right. I would assume that he got C's in Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> that's the vibe I get from him. It's I mean, very. He. I, I like the mustache. The mustache gives him some type of likability. Um, but yeah, even like uh, the scene where they finally meet, where uh, Lloyd and Six meet face to face, and he's yeah. talking to the guy who uh, called them to get like the reward money. Uh, so this guy basically betrays uh, Six. He pretends like he's going to help Six get a new identity and get out of Europe. And he ends up trapping him. He calls, contacts Lloyd, and then Lloyd and his crew come in to take Six in person. And he walks in, and then, like, the guy is like, oh, like, uh, he's, like, excited, like, oh, yeah, so when do I get my money? And then he, Lloyd kind of just, like, looks at him and just fucking blasts him (laughs) six times, like... Like th- there's scenes like that where I'm like, ooh, like okay, this guy's like serious, but then he'll say like a one-liner or something, or he starts talking, and I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, like I think there's a place for that for characters to be funny and whatever, even if they're bad people. But it gets undercut by the humor in this movie. He does evil shit, like he'll just kill people without caring at all, like a sadistic killer. But then he'll say a dumb one-liner that just makes me feel like, all right, I don't, like everything he just did, I, I don't care about now. I think yeah. it's just annoying. Uh, and then that that character, the, the one that sells out six, that's like, uh, is like a forager, is played by uh, Wagner Mora, who's the guy who plays uh, Pablo Escobar in Narcos. And, uh, and like, this movie is very star-studied. There's so many good actors. And... Mm-hmm. Um, but still, man, it just doesn't grab my attention for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like the... I think it's just the the way it's filmed and some of the dialogue. Like, they're... they're I mean, it's, it's, it's supposed to be set up like this big thing and the execution is just not there. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to point out about the story, another thing that I took a lot of umbrage with, is that uh, before this scene with the forger, uh, Six is talking to Fitzroy, and Fitzroy sets up an airplane for him, for Six to get out of Bangkok. And at this point, uh, Lloyd has already kidnapped uh, Fitzroy. So this plane is not actually like a plane to get Six out. It's actually a setup for Six. So Fitzroy gets coerced to to backstab Six because Lloyd, and by the way, listeners, if you are confused with all the names, do not worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> you do not need to worry about it. So anyways, uh, Lloyd, uh, Chris Evans' character, uh, holds Fitzroy for like uh, as hostage. But the way he does it is that he gets his niece uh, as a hostage. He kidnaps his niece. That's how he gets leverage on him. The biggest thing that I take umbrage with that I think is so dumb is why do they make it his niece? Why not just make it his daughter? Like, why is it a, a level removed from Fitzroy? Like, this character yeah, that's, that's so true. important to the story. Did Do they give any, like, background as to, like, if his daughter's dead or something? No. So, okay. And then this brings me to another thing that I really hate about the movie is that in the middle to set up that 
uh, why Six cares that this niece has been kidnapped is that they set up a story that two years before this, uh, Six had to like babysit this niece and uh, he ends up getting really close to her. But why interrupt the fucking movie to go back to two years before? Like, it just feels so lazy and super sloppy. Like, we have yeah. we cut back two years for, like, an entire 30 minutes just to show this story. And it just really drags out. It could have been a quick mention of, like, oh, yeah, your niece, I took care of her. I'm close to her. I don't know. And just cut down the movie from two hours to an hour and a half. Like, it just it just takes fucking forever, dude. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, I think like if I think if it was a uh, Fitzroy's daughter, then it 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 still gives like that ur- sense of urgency for six, because it would be like, oh, my friend's daughter is kidnapped. My friend's yeah. daughter can potentially be killed, so I need to help my friend. Um, whereas like, yeah, they have to stop the f- movie to explain why six would be so concerned about uh this guy's niece and even um the relationship they build it like what they show in the film doesn't really establish that they're really close like it's there is one thing that they mention and i think this is the whole reason why they did this is that we find out that the niece, her parents died, and that's why Fitzroy is in, has custody of her. And so um, as Six gets closer to the niece, he reveals, like, yeah, I don't have any family either. All I have is uh, Fitzroy. And mm-hmm. then that's how the niece and Six are connected because they both realize, like, oh, we're both, like, orphaned, but the only person we have in, in common who cares about us is this guy Fitzroy. But yeah. that's it. But yeah. it, it's not worth it. It, just it doesn't feels, really, like, build up anything else after that like maybe yeah. like like maybe if they were consistently in touch for the remainder of those two years or like if um if six was just around a lot for the rest of those two years like i can see why there'd be like a larger sense of urgency but yeah they kind of just throw it in there and it's like okay well this is why um, six and the niece are close, and this is why six cares about the niece. And okay, like now that we've established that, we can go back to the driving plot of the movie. Yeah, that is like a very like, uh, it does really fuck with the pacing of the like this movie. It has like a lot of pacing issues. Yeah, like it has to cut to to something else very drastically. Or you get like, you know, this big action set scene and then it like it ends like abruptly and then it's like, okay, on to the next one. Um, Yeah. And then also I find it really lazy the way they set up that they're going to other countries. They just put in a big white text, Prague, Vienna, Bangkok. It's just like this sucks. Like (laughs) just just show like places i don't know like even i rather just you show like a a monument or something that people will know like oh yeah that's vienna it's Mm -hmm. very very lazy work in my opinion yeah um what do you think of one of the bigger action set pieces which is the uh, train scene 
yeah, I think this is the best scene in the whole movie. So we progress a bit. Uh, Anna de Armas kidnaps Six because she wants to keep her job and, and she like, is trying to put the pieces together why all this like craziness is happening. Six explains it. They end up going to Vienna to meet up with someone who is keeping the information safe because in a previous scene, we see that Six mailed the hard drive that uh, the agent he killed earlier gave him. And so they end up in Vienna, they get the information, and uh, they get chased by like a gang of different uh, uh, mercenaries. And also they're getting chased by, wait, they're not in Vienna, sorry, they're in Prague. All the set scenes kind of like meld together. They're in <laughs> Prague at this point. They're also getting chased by the cops. And I like that. I thought it was pretty good. I like um, the trope in action movies where it's like the, the good guy is getting chased by like 15 different groups that are trying to get him at the same time. And even these groups are fighting with each other like that. That's cool. Um, I'm a big fan of public transportation. So anytime that it gets put into a movie, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, we see that six ends up hopping into like a, a, uh, a, I don't know what do you call it? Like just a train, like a Metro link. Yeah. Um, like a Metro uh, above ground he, train thing there you go yeah a rail car and yeah. so he um hops in and he's like shooting at bad guys people are shooting him at the same time anna de armas his character is trying to like help him out and is driving side by side with him uh i loved it i thought this was the best scene in the whole movie what'd you think of it um i thought it was it's cool when like he's jumping from car to car Mm-hmm. And, you know, like these mercenaries are trying to jump in the car and shoot him. Like those are nice, like intimate, close shot uh, set scenes, uh, close shot action scenes. Um, so that whole sequence I really liked. But then um, he the tr- the train derails. Yeah. And six jumps on the roof and he basically runs on this train this train crashes into a building and he jumps off the train and I believe he lands on the hood of Ana de Armas's car. Yeah. yeah. And then he, he, I forget exactly what he says, but he does one of those one liner things where he, he like gets in the car. He's like, Oh, and then he like says something and they just take off. Yeah, I forget exactly what it is, but it's very much akin to like, I need a vacation or some bullshit yeah. like that. <laughs> um, looks, like someone, like, <laughs> looks like someone's going to be late to work and they just drive off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even pay for my fare. Like, we, we easily could have wrote the one-liners are so bad. Next time, um, I'm calling a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> they could also put in a plug for Uber. We oh, yeah. Get an Uber next time. <laughs> Uh, but also this was like a huge trailer moment. I remember seeing the trailer for the movie and this was a big set piece that they kept teasing. Like, uh, uh, Ryan Gosling was like hanging off the side of the rail car and he's all like covered in like soot and dirt. Uh, so I was very excited and this scene is pretty good. I did like, it's probably my favorite scene in the entire movie. Um, what do you think of Anna de Armas's performance in this movie? I mean, I don't know. She's okay. <laughs> Um, everyone's just okay to be fair everyone's very yeah it's just I understand why her character's there and she's trying to help Six out but also it's just like a filler character like a sure like a little like sidekick kind of thing to help him out 
Um, yeah, I just didn't really care for it. If I'm being honest, I mean, like she's she's good in the action. I do kind of like that scene where they're um, talking to each other, where they're in the I think they're in that hospital or they're in a a veterinary clinic or something. Oh yeah, and and six is like patching up his wounds. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, like there's not really much that uh she brings to the table. I guess. I mean, what do yeah. you think? I think I mean I think about her performance in uh, Knives Out, and she's like such a fantastic actor. Uh, I just feel like everyone is so bad for this movie, and I think what it comes down to is the directing and the writing. Mm-hmm. It's just so fucking generic. How do you make something that's incredibly generic your own? And so they they're all they all just kind of just go through the motions, and I don't blame them. Like whatever sometimes you just got to do a movie you got to get a paycheck so yeah god god bless him <laughs> um, so let's let's go ahead and just cut to the like the final scene when they're breaking out uh Fitzroy and the niece do you want to explain what happens in the scene we have a mercenary named Avic's son who is the indian guy whose name is i said it earlier i already forgot there's too many names in this movie but um it's too many people uh they get their six and Miranda go to Hanson's base. Um, they, I believe she creates like some kind of distraction where all a lot of most of the mercenaries go and try to take her down where, and then at this point six is trying to locate um, the niece and uh, there's huge shootouts happening Basically, what happens in this crossfire is Lloyd is able to take Claire hostage. And Lloyd takes off with Claire into a uh, thing called like a hedge maze, which yeah. is just like those big, like like something out of Harry Potter, which is just those big uh, bush bushes that are made into uh, mazes for some reason. Like, I don't I don't, I don't honestly like what's up with that? <laughs> like, <laughs> just to go off of a on a quick tangent like what is up with that like what if you get there, lost there is also no point to it because it, he goes through the hedge mage the hedge mage <laughs> hedge, hedge maze and um you think that he's gonna get away or something but six keeps up with them the whole time and yeah. then they just end up having a standoff and a fight just cut to that immediately. Just have a yeah. grab the niece and be like, I have her. If you, if you want her back, you're going to have to fight me one to one. Like just cut to that, like cut the bullshit. Like just, that's the problem with this movie. There's too much fluff. There's too much shit in, mm-hmm. in here that can be cut down. This movie could easily be an hour and a half, but yeah. yes, continue. Sorry. Um, But no, yeah. What's up with that dude? Why? Like, why would you have a hedge maze at home? It makes no sense. Like, what if you get lost? Well, in uh, this set piece in Vienna is supposed to be like a prominent uh, castle. I forget exactly the name of it, of it, but it's like um, it's a historical site. So it's like they're trying to they're trying to use. I think they're actually there filming, so they're trying to use all the different areas at this set piece because, like, I'm sure they paid a billion dollars just to film there for two days. It's still stupid. It still sucks. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a good reason. I mean, like they look cool. Like, don't get me wrong. Um. Uh, like I would love to walk through a hedge maze, but also it's just, yeah. 
Um, I think like in terms of uh, how this scene plays out, if it was a little more uh, like not to where they, you know, fight in like the middle of it, I believe in that water fountain. Mm -hmm. But if they had built up some more tension or maybe like six has to look for her and Lloyd's like messing with him. Like, you get a sense more like that Six is like lost in the maze and actively searching. Like, that builds tension. And then, yeah. like, that kind of draws you in. But if he's like right on his tail and they're just running through the maze and like they finally meet at the fountain, like, yeah, like that could have easily been thrown away. I do also want to point out really quick that prior to this scene, Six, the niece, and Fitzroy are escaping, and Fitzroy gets shot, and he ends up staying behind to sacrifice himself. He pulls a pin of a, of a grenade, and all these bad guys surround him, and they blow up, and he uh, dies, and I could not care less of a character's death. Like We know this guy throughout the whole movie, and I was like, okay, he's fucking dead. I do not care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's funny, because I watched this movie yesterday, and I completely forgot that he died. <laughs> It is my third time watching this movie. God, this was a t- yeah, this was a tough rewatch. But um, so yeah, so they get to the fountain, and Hanson and Six basically go hand to hand combat, and then Hanson brings out a knife because he's a slimy little douchebag who probably Whoa. says racial slurs. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it. I was about to say that. <laughs> you probably like pulled out his knife. He's like, "You look Canadian, eh?" And then just starts like going at it. <laughs> okay. with the knife. All right, that's xenophobic. That's not racist. <laughs> um, I I mean, there. like this is like one of those scenes where less is more. Like, yes, it's a yes. lot more intimate. It's quiet. There's like hardly any background going on, and it's just six and uh Lloyd just fighting to the death. Like, this works really well. It's a pretty good payoff. Like, this is what you want to see throughout the whole movie. So, finally, they get a, get a scene to fight each other is pretty, it's pretty cool. And then it's all taken away because, yeah, um, Suzanne walks in, Suzanne walks up and shoots. Lloyd and ultimately kills him and she convinces six that he's pretty much going to be the CIA's little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of a better word, but yeah, she basically says like, um, you don't have to go to jail. You don't uh, have to die. You just have to do whatever the CIA tells you. No, she actually does say are, like, um, the, the, what she says is like, um, that the niece i forgot her name the niece will be like uh she'll be okay as long as you play along but you'll most likely go back to jail but whatever just go along with her story oh yeah that's right go along with her story that lloyd went rogue and that he started killing all these people and all the bad stuff that carmichael did actually lloyd did it because he's a bad guy we'll just go with that story now that he's dead play along you'll be fine yeah because she's trying to um look good in front of um the CIA in front of Carmichael. I had forgotten 
about that. I think like while she was explaining it, I kind of got confused upon watching it. You started looking because it was very like quick. Because, huh? I said you started looking at your phone instead. Yeah, yeah, exactly, so dude. Boring. Yeah, I looked through my phone so much during this movie. I feel bad saying that on air, but yeah, it's just again like first time watching it. You'll probably like it. Yeah, but third rewatch, I was like, "Damn, this movie's kind of boring." <laughs> uh, the first time I watched it, I turned it off thirty minutes in. The second time I watched it, I the first thirty minutes, I was already not feeling it, and I started watching it at one point five speed, <laughs> and it made it a little bit better. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, yeah, she uh shoots lloyd um claire's safety is guaranteed six and miranda uh claire uh six and miranda have to cooperate and cover everything up and the movie just kind of ends i think i was on my phone at this point (laughs) yeah so the ending is uh six is in the hospital being guarded by a bunch of guards we see that the niece Claire is also being held hostage somewhere by the CIA, I guess, in some mm-hmm. house in some remote area. Um, Carmichael, Suzanne, and Danny, Anna Armas's character, all go along with the story. Everything's fine. Uh, Carmichael and Suzanne go to check up on Six, who's supposed to be transported to jail or something. And oh my God, he broke out and he killed everyone in the hospital, even though everyone thought he was like mortally wounded. And we cut to Claire, who is at a some type of house where she's being kept like hostage. And guess what? Six shows up, breaks her out. End of movie. Yay. Sets it up live. perfectly for a second movie to come out that will also be shit, probably. <laughs> the grayer man. The grayer man. Gray man squared. What would the color um, be after gray? Black? The black um, man? Maybe they shouldn't go <laughs> Ryan Gosling is the He's... black man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. Ryan Gosling is the white man, the prequel. <laughs> the white man. <laughs> I'm trying okay. to think. I'm trying to think of like a one-liner that is like subtly funny, but also like can be pretty problematic <laughs> for the white man. For no, for the black man. Okay, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> I can't. Oh man, I can't think of one. It's a shame. Or what what if Evans. like what if he like looks at looks out at the camera and he's because like maybe he just has like coal blasted through his face, so he's just like covered in coal. And he goes, he looks at the camera and he says, I'm getting too old for this shit. (laughs) (laughs) He just came out of a coal mine. He's been working as a coal miner for the past five years. (laughs) God damn it. Okay. Well, that brings us to to our ending scores. So give me a little summary of what you think and give me a score from one to five for the gray man. All right. So first time I watched it, I liked it. Second time... I was kind of distracted. This time, it's a hard rewatch. Um, some some of the action set pieces are cool. Um, the more intimate ones are nice. Um, 
the I do like the costume design. Now that I think about it, I like a lot of um, the styles that everybody wears. Um, train scene's great. Uh, the ending, the finale, where they're fighting um, at the fountain is a nice scene as well. Everyone's okay in it. Chris Evans steals the scenes the most, but it's pretty it's pretty mid. <laughs> what do you the think? Mid man, give me a <laughs> score. Wonderful mid man. Uh, I'll give it like a two point five. That's fair. I will not be shy to tell anyone that I don't like this movie. I actively despise it to some point too. Um, <laughs> I, I think that the writing is really dumb. I think that the Russo brothers just wanted to make another Marvel movie or maybe they just made too many Marvel movies that when they tackled this one unbeknownst to themselves, they made, they wrote it and directed it like another Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, I think that it could be shortened from two hours to an hour and a half easily I think everyone's pretty static. Some of the action scenes are pretty good. Uh, Ryan Gosling just does not pop in it as much as I wish he would. Anna Darmus is also not popping it. Um, Chris Evans does a good performance, but he annoys the shit out of me, and I don't <laughs> care for his character. I don't care for Fitzroy. It's rough, dude. I, if I never watched this movie again, I truly would not care. I would be fine with it. Um, <laughs> but fucking Ryan Gosling is in it so I'll give it a 5 out of 5 damn really (laughs) yeah I'm gonna give it a 5 out of 5 wow I'm genuinely surprised by that I was like (laughs) distracted in thinking of I was like distracted by everything you were saying and I heard 5 out of 5 and I was like what Well, I've given all of them five out of five, so I just want to keep it up at this point. But yeah, I don't like this movie. <laughs> you gotta keep up your um your shtick. Yeah, your five so out of five stick. in the pantheon of Ryan Gosling films, where would you place this? Oh God, um, what's uh, what would we say was the lowest? Uh, the lowest is E. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It pains me to say it. Sorry. But- the lowest is F. Oh, mm. I can't give my boy an F. <laughs> he's like he's like that student that you have, and you're like, ah, but I like him. I can't give him an F. <laughs> I'll give him. I a don't. D minus. I don't do that. I don't do that as a teacher. I fail students. I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Uh, um, I would give him an E. Yeah. Some wine liners he says are salvageable. Like some stuff he does is funny. Not like funny, funny. Not like the nice guys or Barbie or even crazy, stupid love. But I, yeah, I just can't give him an F. I can't. I will not happily, but just because I have to, I will give this an F. I think <laughs> that if you are looking at all of Ryan Gosling's movies, and you got to make a list of which ones are the worst. This one will definitely be at the top of my list. Um, and I don't think it's his fault. I, 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 I don't say this as someone who is like uh, has hard eyes for Ryan Gosling. Well, I guess I do. But 
Um, I truly don't think it's his fault. I think that he's a very funny actor. He's a very good actor. And if you put him in the right, in the right place, he'll deliver. And I think everyone has trouble delivering in this movie. Everyone probably realized that this is generic as fuck and they couldn't do anything about it. So not his fault, but this is an F for sure. <laughs> uh, last thing. Are we literally him? Are you literally six from the Sierra program? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe like, well, uh, you know, it's explained that, and I mentioned it earlier that he committed a crime because he was protecting somebody, but he ended up killing. Um, he was protecting his uh, his brother, little brother. Yeah, and he killed his his dad father. or his stepdad. Just like I think he was like a drunk, like asshole dad. I mean, like I might do something like that if, like, to protect a family member that I love. Maybe I don't know. I'm not calling myself a murderer. You just did, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, cut that, cut that, cut that. Um, <laughs> but uh. Uh, he, he, I mean, he does like hold um, relationships close. Like, obviously, he goes through to all these lengths to try to save uh, um, Fitzroy and uh, Claire. That was yeah. your name, right? Yeah, to to help Fitzroy and Claire. But that's that's it. Maybe I can. Maybe I say a stupid one liner every now and then. I'm sure I have. I probably deliver it better though. <laughs> But um, no, I'm not him. Not even like, not even like five percent. Yeah, uh, same. I think I'm <laughs> literally not him. I never. I don't know if I've ever punched anyone, to be honest, or even like mortally wounded anyone. And I definitely wouldn't crack a joke after doing that. So yeah, not him. Literally not him. <laughs> there you go. Just beat the shit out of somebody and like their skulls broken in and be like, wow, I really blew their mind, huh? Just walk away. (laughs) That just happened. (laughs) Did I just do that? (laughs) Someone called Britney Spears because oops, I did it again. (laughs) We should just have an episode where we say like the cringiest fucking lines to each other and I don't know. That's it. We should. That'd be funny. Just all like the one liners from all the action movies. (laughs) all right everyone that is another episode of literally him i want to end this podcast again by saying give us a rating god damn you give us a rating please emilio (laughs) what should they rate what what should they rate this episode uh they should rate it five out of five don't rate it how i rated it this movie don't just because yeah we gave the movie a low rating don't give the episode a low rating it's different yeah we're different we're literally not him in this Yeah, so be happy about that. All right, everyone. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.